Dude, that's crazy. Putting metal in the microwave. Now you're talking crazy talk. <laughs> All right, well, let me get this going. <laughs> so we were just talking about drinking and whatnot. I remember being drunk and putting a bag of Doritos into the microwave and then being shocked that it started exploding. <laughs> <laughs> It was my first apartment, but you know, so we're live. Did you stop? Did you stop the microwave? Yeah, once like you were in like a fucking panic. Once it started sparking, and then I sat there staring at the microwave, and I couldn't figure out, like, dude, what the fuck? Like, I thought this bag was, and everyone's just laughing at me because, like, how the like, why would you think that that was okay? Like, why isn't it? It's like, like, I didn't know the inside of the fucking Dorito. I I don't even know why I was putting a Dorito bag inside. Dude, the microwave. You might be a genius, is what might have happened. <laughs> Doritos and the mi- warm Doritos. I think that's what it was, dude. Warm Doritos. Yeah, I'm finding out so much about why today. I don't know. I'm finding out a lot about you today. Yeah, a lot of things I didn't know. You talk about drinking these IPAs that are fancy with oranges in them and shit. Yeah, yeah. Dude, what else are we gonna uncover? And now you're microwaving fucking Doritos. Yeah, I was. You know, and that was during the time where I was drinking those IPAs. Dude, you could have worked for like NASA or something with this kind of knowledge that you have. I might have. And then I picked up a camera and that was it. Fuck. Game over, son. Damn, man. You should have should have followed that stream of unconsciousness, <laughs> I guess you'd call it. And it kind of was, too. Because <clears throat> well, the funny thing is I had 100% forgot that that even happened until we just started talking about it just now. Damn. That's amazing. <laughs> so... When I was a chub chub, when I had a little extra junk in the trunk, I had a lot of fluff going on back in the day. Some people love it. <laughs> Some people don't. Um, I, I had a really bad problem with like waking up in the middle of the night and being like a fucking bear and just ransacking whatever was in my pantry. Mm-hmm. And I ended up with weird combinations of stuff because I didn't really have, like mm. I didn't always have like, like I wasn't so fat that I had so much junk food laying around all the time. Although sometimes I would, um, but I still, even though I was big, I still ate good. Probably I'd say like 70, 80% of the time. Sometimes at night I'd throw down some ice cream when I was in real bulk mode. I'd have cookie dough here and there, things like that, little mm-hmm. treats. But, you know, I would just wake up in the middle of the night and just attack the pantry and just crush anything that was in there. And we don't have a lot of unhealthy stuff in our house. So um, but like I would make it unhealthy. I'd get like, cheer- I get like Cheerios and I'd pour like chocolate syrup on them and shit. And then I'm lactose intolerant, so I can't have milk. So I'd st- mm-hmm. still make it with like protein and I'm like a meathead. So I'm like, I need the fucking protein. And so I was still trying to eat like somewhat half healthy, I, half fat guy thing. It was I could never get that to work. Like a protein shake with cereal. It just, it got too like, uh, I don't, it just, it was gross. It's weird. Like it. It's weird, but if you if you go with heavy whipping cream, yeah, <laughs> and then you're in, they start getting into some really fun stuff like heavy whipping cream and some chocolate protein with like uh, that like, shit's good uh, cocoa pebbles or some shit. You're so fat. Oh my god, yeah, I am fat, <laughs> and it's still it's like the fatness comes out every once in a while. Yeah, it's like needs to, you know, it needs to come out every once in a while. But what I did one night is I was like, you know, all right, I need to stop fucking waking up at three o'clock in the morning and just attacking everything in my house. And so I got a shit ton of quest bars and I'm like, okay, if I wake up in the middle of the night, I'm just going to eat quest bars. Yeah. But then that even turned into like a fat guy extravaganza. Cause I would take like, <laughs> I'd take peanut butter and stuff it yes. between the quest bars. Yeah. I'd halfway like microwave a quest bar um, I was doing all, I'm like chopping them up and I put, I put peanut butter. This is really fat. I put <laughs> peanut butter and marshmallow between the cookie dough and peanut butter flavored quest bars. It was actually amazing. I should have given them a recipe. <laughs> You're making s'mores basically. Yeah. It was delicious. But similar to your microwave story, I woke up one night, <laughs> not even drunk, just fucking in this bear hibernation mode. And I threw a bunch of Quest Bars, like five of them. I threw them all in the microwave. <laughs> and I microwaved them all with the wrapper on there. Oh, and the no. microwave like, brown, 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 brown. And I'll just like smoke and yeah. just, I was like, oh my God. I'm like, this is so embarrassing. I didn't know that those wrappers were made out of basically thin foil. I know. I didn't know that. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, you know, just, uh, you know, how about this one? How about when you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, you know that you still have like cookies or something? Mm-hmm. You're like, I'm just going to like, and this used to be like when I was 
a lot younger when I was a kid. I was like, man, I, I know we still have those cookies. And then you go to eat them and they're, they're in the loudest packaging known oh, to yeah, man. Yeah. And you're trying to be all slick with it. Yeah. But it's just making, it wakes up the entire house. What are you doing? Uh, uh, nothing. No, the worst is, yeah. Uh, if, I thought I was going to the bathroom, wrong room. Yeah. If you wake up, <laughs> wake up your girl and then, just, oh my God, what's wrong? Is everything okay? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. What happened? Uh, uh, I'm just trying to get some cookies. <laughs> it's yeah. like, shit. Yeah. The packaging is like, it's, it's made to be loud to like alarm everybody else that you're yeah, opening them. Yeah. yeah. It's a, like a primal instinct type thing. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Assholes. Those days are pretty much over. I don't wake up in the middle of the night and do that anymore. The only thing I'll do is maybe some water, but then I end up peeing 9,000 times. Yeah. But I was just thinking, like, if you want to invent, like, silent wrappers, Mm. you know, so that way people can sneak food in the middle of the night. Yeah. That can that can be problematic in a movie theater, too. Like, if you have shit that's real loud, or even you're, like, you crunch at the wrong time. Yeah. It's all of a sudden the movie, all of a sudden the volume of the movie just gets dead silent. And there you are moaning through some food like a savage. We, uh, yeah, we used to sneak in like soda cans. And then, you know, when you crack those open, it's like, wait, where the fuck did you get that? Like, you can't buy that. So we had to cough every time we opened the, you know, that. You got to plan it. Yeah. You got to plan it out just right. Yeah. Any fucking way. The last podcast, we talked about the X sleeves and the X sleeves are coming on uh, Monday which I think is June 11th, right? Monday, June 11th at 12 o'clock yes. Pacific time. Yes. And uh, so there was a couple questions about them. I was talking about how awesome they are and how strong they are and how they don't uh, they don't stretch. And uh, they're going to be really tight as well. They're, they're a competition fit. And then we had a couple of questions about competition fit. What the hell does that mean? Well, if you're going to compete and you're going to be a power lifter, a lot of times a power lifter might train in a pair of... Uh, xl knee sleeves and they might compete in a large knee sleeve Um, sometimes people won't even uh, get a smaller size for competition sometimes they'll just get a new pair for competition and so competition fit just basically means it's going to be a tighter fit than your normal training uh, style that you that you might have and so when you order these you're going to have to understand these are going to be tight and you're going to think i can't get them on like i'm not sure how to get them on they will go on and they will stretch a little bit so the first time you put them on, you're going to be like, there's no fucking way. And also, by the way, don't put them on at your house. Um, because we're human beings and you got to be like pressed. <laughs> you have to be like forced to do shit. Mm-hmm. And if you try to put on your house, you know that you don't really need them in your house. And so therefore you won't get them on. You'll be like, eh, eh, and you'll try three mm-hmm. times and you'll fucking quit. Put them on at the gym. You could put baby powder on. That will help put baby powder on your on your calves and that will help it slide up a little bit. You can also put on a sock. Um, some girls with their leggings, sometimes it makes it easier, but sometimes it also makes it harder. So you might have to know which pants are more slippery, I guess you'd say, uh, to make that, to make that work out for you. But yeah, they are, they are stiffer and because they're stiffer, the sizing is going to feel tighter. We also had a question about approval. So this is like a lot, this can be like the longest story ever, but basically, um, IPF approved currently at slingshot. We don't have a lot of products. IPF approved the IPF, uh, put a halt on everything that you, that you can get approved and coming up soon, we're going to get every single product that we have IPF approved. Every single product that we have will be IPF approved and we'll go through the IPF approval list. Now, something to keep in mind with the IPF is that it's really really hard to compete in the IPF because the IPF is the International Powerlifting Federation and you have to qualify for IPF competitions. You have to be good enough to compete in the IPF and I'm sorry, but most of you are not good enough to compete in the IPF (laughs) because it is really, really world-class and it's not easy to compete uh, on the IPF level. You have to qualify for these things. Um, now if you are planning on going to IPF nationals and you have this course in mind and you're going to try to get to worlds and these different things, then you're going to have to be more conscious of the IPF rules at all times and make sure that things are approved. We will make you aware of as our stuff becomes uh, more approved, but basically the short answer on that is you can normally compete in the USAPL with uh, sleeves and equipment that are allowed in most other competitions. And it's usually up to the meet director. 
every once in a while you get a meat director that's a dick face and sometimes they won't allow the the product in but they really don't have the right to do that because it's powerlifting and we're trying to have a low barrier of entry into powerlifting and we don't want to force somebody to have to go buy a bunch of shit just to get into powerlifting so if somebody already has a pair of strong sleeves they should be letting you in um, the strong sleeves the x sleeves everything that we make currently meets all the demands we go through a rigorous process to make sure that everything uh, meets all the demands the uspa the federation that steve dennison runs uh they run a tight ship as well and they they have a procedure that they go through to try to make sure that everyone's uh competing on the same level now the ipf for some reason they're supposed to be the strictest and they're not and they're not so i don't know why that is but uh, i measured a lot of um competitive competitive brands and uh they are over the limit um not only are they over the limit there's over limit every single time so i don't know what's going on there but before you go and hold the ipf in some high standard uh you should second think it because i don't think they have the lift lifters best interest in mind i think they have their own best interest in mind and unfortunately it's the only show in town when it comes to some of the bigger powerlifting meets that happen in you know in a course of a year but that's that. And um, in terms of it being approved other, otherwise, it already did go through the approval list for the USPA for Steve Dennison's meets, which are run uh, all throughout the country. Um, they started here in California. Um, Steve and I have had a long and weird history, uh, to say the least. Um, I used to uh, compete in the USPF. And that was, uh, Steve was the, I guess you'd say like chairman of the USPF. And, uh, years ago I, I competed in the USPF. I broke some records in the USPF. I still have open records in the USPF that I'm very proud of because the USPF was something that I grew up watching. It was, it was the federation that I looked to, uh, because Ed Cohn competed in it. Uh, Captain Kirk Kowarski competed in it and to see my name alongside those guys uh, to have an open record for total, to have an open record for the bench press uh, was fucking awesome, meant a lot to me. So it was really cool. And competing in those in those competitions was great. And ultimately winning the Fit Expo in, uh, fuck, I think it's 2008, it was, I dedicated it to my brother. My brother passed away. Uh, just a month before that, I tore my bicep in the training. You guys have heard the story. I've told that a bunch of times. I tore my bicep in the training for that because I tried to come back like a maniac because uh, I was uh, my mind wasn't in the right spot. I was thinking about my bro and I wasn't thinking about lifting and I tore my bicep on a rack deadlift, but I was able to heal up enough and get into competition and was able to was able to win. So they are approved for the USPA. And as I mentioned, they have denim in them, and the denim came from uh, a lifelong of power, lifelong uh, of me powerlifting since the time I was a kid, and wearing tons and tons of different powerlifting gear over the years. Things that were made out of polyester, things that were made out of denim and canvas, and all kinds of weird shit. And I wanted to make the strongest knee sleeve that there is, and so I did. And I also put uh, silicone in there. Um, and the silicone is uh, basically so you have more grip and it won't slip. It won't move around. You get it in the right spot and it should stay in, in place pretty damn good. And as I was mentioning on the previous podcast when I talked exclusively about the X sleeve is that when you go to squat, um, the silicone is going to tack to your skin. If you're wearing leggings or something, it's going to attach to that. But if you're if you just have a skin on skin, you're going to feel it kind of tack to your leg. As you go to squat and as you go to stretch the material out, the denim does not give a whole lot and it's a stiff material. And so therefore it will help provide some stopping power in the bottom of the squat. Most people really struggle, uh, except for people that are really efficient at squatting, they struggle with the reversal strength of their squat. They struggle with getting up out of the bottom quickly. And it's a very, very difficult thing. And a lot of people have experienced uh, a lot of gains with a Z, uh, from simply throwing on knee wraps. That's what people have done for many years. They'll throw on knee wraps and it gives them kind of a, a rubbery elastic feel to their joints, even though their joints aren't necessarily doing the work. The knee wrap is helping to support along with their muscles and everything else. And they can rebound out of the bottom quickly, much the way you'd see an Olympic lifter do. 
But without any support, sometimes that can be really difficult. Sometimes to just reverse with just your strength and to not have a knee wrap on or not have a knee, sli- knee sleeve on can be really difficult. The knee sleeves that are made currently, the strong sleeves and the X sleeves are going to provide that for you. They're going to help you with your reversal strength rather than you getting stuck at the bottom and having a hard time reversing that weight out. These things are going to kick you out of the bottom. Is there anything like that's a, like a common material that people might you know recognize that um like all the uh geared lifters were using like so like what your like your squat suit was made yeah. out of mm-hmm. and that sort of thing but just because i i know yeah. like when you look at it it looks like a regular like shirt or whatever but when you it's touch like a it, pair of pants yeah yeah but you know when you hold like a squat suit it's like what the hell is this <laughs> yeah yeah like so just the front of it is made out of denim i tried to make the entire thing out of denim and you can't get get it on it's too stiff it's too mm-hmm. much but denim was in a squat, a, a squat suit that I squatted 1,080 in. Um, and uh, it, it has really good properties to it. Those of you that have jeans that are kind of snug, you know that denim is stiff, but it also has a little bit of stretch to it. It's got a little bit of give to it. Uh, previously, we had another material on here that was really stiff that was uh, for the strong sleeves. And that had a two-way stretch. And the strong sleeves, they, they mainly only stretch uh, kind of side to side to allow room for your calf. The back of this product, the back of the X sleeve is what's made out of the same materials as strong sleeve. So it gives you enough room to be able to squeeze your chubby little calves in there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this, this kind of material used to be on bench shirts, squat suits. That's what it would allow people to lift an additional two, 300 pounds. In this case, it's a knee sleeve. So how much is it going to do for you? It's kind of hard to say. If I, mm-hmm. if you pin me down and said, hey, what the hell, you know, how much does it do? I would say like 10 or 20 pounds. And some of it might even be partially mental because it's just also providing warmth through your knee. But I can't guarantee that it's going to give you uh, an additional 50 pounds because that would just be, um, that wouldn't be the right thing to say because I can't guarantee it's going to give you that much, that much strength. But mm-hmm. it will give you a lot of support. Yeah. What about the, uh, you know, cause like the, uh, the stretching, like you said, it was like two way stretching. Yeah. The, so that was on the strong sleeves. This, this is like no way stretch. It doesn't stretch. It mm-hmm. doesn't move it. Now it will move when, when, uh, there's a lot of pressure on it. It will, I mean, you can, when you got, when people order them and they see firsthand, you'll notice that they will stretch a tiny bit, but they don't, they don't stretch much. Um, they're not, it's not really made to, to stretch necessarily. It's made to be a really stiff material and it will have some wiggle room to stretch. So you can actually like hit depth in your squat. Yeah. You know, I, if I, if I wanted to make it, uh, so stiff that you couldn't squat, um, then I would probably put like canvas or something in there, but that would cause a lot of other problems. And the knee sleeve would end up being way too thick. It'd be beyond, uh, what they allow for regulations mm-hmm. and stuff like yeah, that. And, and does the denim like panel on the front, does that make it thicker than the strong sleeve? Nope. It's the same. It's the same thickness. Um, it matches up. It meets all the regulations. And so like, even with the IPF, um, unless they just, you know, want to just not approve it because they want to be dicks, um, then that would be the only reason it meets all the specs, meets all the regulations, um, it doesn't have any rubber in it. It, it just has silicone, which is not rubber. Um, it has, um, it has all the requirements. It's the right length. It's the right thickness. It's the right everything. And when would you slide one of those on like during your training session? Yeah. So knee sleeves, you know, people can go about it a couple of different ways. If their knees are banged up, then they should, you know, wear, they should just wear knee sleeves, um, for almost all their squats for a particular day mm-hmm. now it just it just kind of pe- depends on where you are in your training i would say that it's also a good idea just like with the slingshot and just like with a pair of wrist wraps or a belt it's good just to have pure strength it's good to have confidence when you're underneath the bar mm-hmm. you never want to have any doubts like oh man my fucking knees you know they hurt if your knees hurt that bad then something is um something's wrong Something's wrong in your training. Something is off. And sometimes you do have to gut it out because you haven't got a meet in three weeks or something like that. And that's just part of the sport sometimes. You just have to, you know, play injured, right? Mm-hmm. But for the most part, if you don't have a contest coming up, you should probably should probably stop and you should probably figure out, okay, what are things that I can do that, that don't hurt? And sometimes it might mean that you have to switch to doing lunges. You have to switch to doing leg presses and some other movements. And even while you're doing some of those movements, it might be wise to put on a pair of knee sleeves because it might give you more protection 
more warmth and more just overall comfort so you don't tweak anything uh, while you're trying to rehab yourself. But most lifters don't ever take the time to really truly try to rebuild themselves. And mm-hmm. I think if you were to do this in the most ideal, perfect way, you would probably compete about five or six times in a short period of time. Um, a short period of time, meaning like a year, five or six times. Mm-hmm. And then you would back way the hell off and you would just say, you know what? I got a lot of shit to figure out. And you would take four months, five months, six months, and then you'd do another meet. And as you got more proficient and as you got more used to the competitions, you would compete less and less until you started to figure out a way to get everything perfect. So towards the end of your career, it would look like you compete maybe once a year, mm-hmm. maybe even once every other year. Um, because you need that much time. It's not so much about the rest. It's about rebuilding. Otherwise you just keep ending up in the same spot. It's really hard to make progress. Mm -hmm. Um, the way to be successful in anything in life is, is to have, is, is to have progress without progress. You don't have anything. You're just standing still. You're in the same spot. And I've seen that time and time again, actually, somebody recently asked me where, (laughs) where some of these lifters are that are, were part of the original super training crew from a long time ago. And I said, they're not anywhere. They're fucking fat and they're useless. <laughs> and like, I'm not always that mean because life is short and it's just no reason to be like hateful towards people, but motherfuckers don't clean their shit up. You know, they don't fix stuff. They don't try to get better. They don't try to improve. And so I don't have anything good to say about you. If you're doing that, it doesn't make mm-hmm. sense to me. I can't, I can't get on board with that. It doesn't, I it doesn't compute. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. I'm like, it's like dead know, weight. Yeah. It's like dead weight. Why not? Why not just, just take the time to put everything on pause and just figure out what you want to do and then get started back in the, in the right direction. But you see people doing the same thing over and over again. It's like, come on, man, you got to learn. You got to learn from, uh, your mistakes and the lifters, um, that people ask me questions about, you know, all three of them, they don't compete anymore. They're, they're done. You know, they're a shadow of themselves. They, they don't have this, they don't have the, now I'm retired from powerlifting, but I can fucking compete whenever I want. I feel mm-hmm. great. That's cool. Man. That's way different. You know, mm-hmm. uh, before we move away from the, uh, the X sleeves, uh, what was his name? Uh, so Bill says he's going to get himself a pair soon, uh, of X sleeves. And then, uh, somebody else was asking, Big Bill's watching. No, so I, don't, I don't think that's that bill. That's not black bill. No, this guy, Fuck. I don't think he's black. Uh, and then someone else wanted to know <clears throat> how do the X sleeves stack up against, like, say, a um, pair of knee wraps? You know, I don't, we haven't, uh, like tried to do a side by side comparison, but I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie to people. I'm not going to say it, it does the same as a knee wrap. Mm-hmm. Um, the current rules that are in place, um, and with the restrictions, it doesn't allow you to. I could very easily create something that would give you as much and probably even more than a, than a knee wrap. Uh, but I'm not allowed to (laughs) because of the, uh, restrictions that are, that, that are in place for the rule. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, knee wrap. Also too, I mean, just, you're always going to get more benefit out of things, uh, when things are for the most part, just in life in general, you'll get more benefit out of shit that's more uncomfortable. Things that are more risky mm-hmm. usually have more reward, you know, so a knee wrap fucking hurts. Yeah. You know, if you put a knee wrap on the right way, they hurt. A knee sleeve in general is usually net. I mean, there's not really, really a situation where it's going to hurt that bad. What about consistency though? You know, like if you wrap your knees up extremely tight one day and then you're like, yeah. oh, this feels awesome. The next day you do it and you're like, fuck, that wasn't as awesome. Yeah. The, 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 uh, that's the, beauty of a knee of a knee sleeve yeah so it's just pretty much the same every time yeah um and it, it's convenient slide them on a little a lot quicker even even if an x sleeve takes you 60 seconds to put each one on mm-hmm. that's still probably uh, that's a lot better than you know you taking a minute to to wrap each knee now it's the yeah. same amount of time but each knee hurts and your calves feel like they're going to explode yeah so it's it's a lot um it's also a lot less work, like really trying to, you know, usually when you wrap your knees, you get them wrapped properly. You have somebody else, mm-hmm. has to, and then you have to rely on somebody else. And if you're somebody mm-hmm. that's training and you're trying to get to the gym and have these quick, efficient workouts, well, fuck, now you got to have somebody else got to be part of this equation now yeah. too, because they got to wrap your knees the right way. Some yeah. people wrap their knees uh, on their own too, you mm-hmm. know, so. Yeah. Um, what did your workout look like today? Uh, workout today. 
was uh lots of shoulders i walked in today and i was like okay what doesn't hurt and i tried to go through the checklist mm -hmm. and i couldn't <laughs> find that many things that didn't hurt really bad yeah biceps are really sore uh chesticles are really sore my quads are really sore yeah everything's fucking just torn to pieces my boobs hurt really bad me yeah. and jessica smith got after it mm -hmm. did some booby training and that was that was just death peach is sore peach well that might be an infection actually <laughs> now the peach the peach actually isn't that sore so the hamstrings weren't that bad so that's why i pushed the sled mm. and that's why i did a couple uh sets of uh leg curls and some things like that but yeah mm -hmm. everything's fucking sore so i did shoulders and i did some <clears throat> um i did some hammies but yeah. i did like 12 sets of shoulders which i don't think i've ever i've never even trained my shoulders in my life i've always just bench pressed yeah what do you think would have happened if you're going through the checklist and you're like fuck dude, everything sucks right now uh, I might not have done anything because I already did cardio this morning. I already, mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I've got everything done. So I'd probably just wait till tomorrow. Yeah. And trying to give myself some sort of, you know, recovery here and there. And you would have been cool with that? Because I know like a lot of people would probably get upset if they skipped a day or they had a, you know, a bad day or whatever. Yeah. I've already had a lot of success in lifting and I already feel really good about it. So like when it comes to things like that, I don't mind. You don't mind like not lifting. Mm -hmm. um, can lose all the gains, bro. Yeah, I, I, this is the most untrained I've ever been in my life. I've I've missed a lot of, uh, you know, traveling, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, I mentioned going over to Paris gave me a lot of boogers. I'm still dealing <laughs> with that. Still trying to find. I don't know. I understand what happened, but I just got these hellacious boogers all the time. Maybe it's just because like I'm getting older. Maybe I have no, more nose hair or something. I don't know. Could be it. What about allergies? yeah it could be that i had to sneeze a lot when i was over there and that's like, fucking me up right now normally i can block sneezes pretty good i just make really weird faces and it's you know it's all good but i uh i couldn't block them mm -hmm. overseas for some reason i i couldn't break i couldn't break the code i couldn't figure it out yeah but uh yeah i mean i i feel really good um messing around with some bodybuilding stuff changing up the diet a little bit throwing in some carbs so people will be in an uproar for a little while because they're gonna see some potatoes and some rice and shit thrown in there here and there. I've said it a million times and people just get so confused about nutrition. But basically, if you're a fatty and you've had trouble losing weight for a really long time and you've been unsuccessful with your diet, then that's where a keto diet can really be effective. That's where the book, The War on Carbs, which is right there, you know, is, it's only like 25 bucks. It can be something that can really help you a lot. Um, you can even just look at my post or you can even... Uh, follow me or follow my brother if you don't want to pay for stuff and you want quick easy information you can look at my youtube channel there's tons of information about the war on carbs but that's where that diet really helps a lot like if you struggled most of your life to try to figure out how to diet mm. it, it's like the anti-diet diet even though it is a diet it's it's uh you're able to eat a lot of fat uh, what i always tell people too is that you know take it from somebody who's been fat i've lost a bunch of weight and I know, I know what it's like to have those cravings. And that's the major problem with diets is that you have a lot of cravings. It's really hard for people to go from eating um, like steak and rice and potatoes and having the more options that a lot of people have, the more it causes them to go haywire. Because they're like, fuck it, I'm, you know, I'm training for the gains and I'm just going to, mm -hmm. I might as well go for it. Oh, I'm not too far away from my weight class, so I'll eat that, right? Like it mm -hmm. just, and, and next thing you know, you are too far away from your weight class. And you're like, yeah. whoops. Whoops a daisy. So um yeah, the bodybuilding stuff is gonna be a welcome change. And I do I am a big fan of uh switching stuff up, changing things up a little bit here and there. There's really no reason why you always have to be stuck mm -hmm. in the same spot. The other thing about a keto diet that's great, it gets you away from Tupperware and gets you away from like trying to plan your meals. Your meal prep uh doesn't look like anything because you don't have to prep anything, you don't have to worry about uh, eating every two hours. Um, when you do a keto diet, you can utilize intermittent fasting and, uh, you just don't need to eat as much. Mm -hmm. And I've been able to do that. And yeah, whenever you diet, you guys heard it, uh, firsthand here first from Jake Cutler and, uh, Hani Rem Rambod when he was on the show, they both said you're going to diet, you're going to lose, you're going to lose muscle period. It doesn't matter what diet you do. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that's even on the professional bodybuilding level when there's anabolics involved you're going to lose muscle when you diet. And so, uh, when it comes to, when it comes to being on like a bodybuilding style diet and really trying to, uh, you know, lose a lot of weight, um, 
not lose a lot of weight, but even just trying to dial in for a show, that's where it makes sense. You have to really pay attention to your muscle mass because, and that's why you have to eat sometimes six or seven times a day because you can't afford to, because then you're just going to like look skinny fat mm-hmm. at some point. You're just going to keep losing weight and you'll look small. You know, part of bodybuilding is to look uh, lean, but there's no such thing as, there's really, in my opinion, there's no such thing as somebody who's ripped if they like only weigh like 160 pounds, especially if we're talking about a dude. I'm like, I don't count that. Mm-hmm. You're not ripped. You're just skinny. So you want to have some size to you, you want to have some fullness to you. There's a bunch of guys that are all pissed off right now, but <laughs> that's just true. Like you're just fucking skinny and you, and you went to the gym a couple of times and you, you started to add some muscle. Like good mm-hmm. for you, buddy. You got to be a little bit bigger looking than that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the guys that, some of the guys that are in really, really good shape, like an Alberto Nunez who gets just absolutely shredded. Somebody like that would say like, that's a little different or, um, the online coach who, who's our boy. These guys are not big people. They're not, hey, they're not heavy. They're not 225 or anything mm-hmm. like that, but they sure do look it. They got some fucking arms on them. Like they, they look a lot bigger than what they weigh. Mm-hmm. Now that you're introducing, um, more, more things because of the carbs and whatnot, are you finding yourself that you have, you're going to have to be even more strict than you were than before? Cause you don't want to go off the rails. Yeah. It might be harder. Yeah. Um, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know yet. Are you going to do like, uh, so Miko was asking if you're going to do refeed, was that with carbs or like no refeed days or anything like that? Um, I don't know a hundred percent. So this whole thing gets to be so weird. I got to like send pictures to Hani every day. Weird. Yeah. He's like, these shorts got to be really short. I'm like, dude, (laughs) that's fucking gross. He's like, you you need shots from the back bending over. Yeah. Touch your toes. Yeah, I mean, I spent 20 minutes stuffing the front of my shorts this morning <laughs> with grapefruits and pineapples and eggplants and everything else. Yeah. Jesus. Well, that's cool. I wanted to be impressed, you know? Right. I didn't want him to see any fat either. I wanted him to just be like, damn. Just focus all his attention right there. Yeah, right on the package. I want him to focus right there. Well, that's what you're going to have to do on stage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to do that. They make something like that, right, Jessica? Didn't we see something like Andy was looking up something the other day, and didn't she see there's like a men's suit, hmm. like a bathing suit, like a pre preloaded in the front? Oh, nice. Yeah, we need to. Yeah, it need... it it gets thicker as it gets wet. Hmm? Is that what you just said? Oh, it's like super absorbent. We need to get. Uh, we need to do that for singlets. You know, but like, you yeah, don't yeah. want it to be, you don't want it to be like obscene to where it's obvious that it's fake. Yeah. You want people being like, holy shit. Like, wait, what? Like, what is, <laughs> what am I looking at? Like, that's something, there's something in there. Something's happening in there. <laughs> you know, you just want it, you want it to be like intriguing, you know, but you don't want it to be like overwhelming, you know? So it's a. Because then people will just run. So it's a men's bathing suit pouch pad. Mm-hmm. Penis pouch pad. Dude, I need that for the beach. It looks like a diaper. Like, uh, you know, when kids get diaper booty in the pool, mm-hmm. that's what it looks like. That uh, reminds me of the pictures that Mariel ends up getting for Power Magazine all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Half naked pictures of men all day that have big beards and big bellies. Dude, I, I have to, so DJ jumped on the, uh, the live stream and he said that one time he ordered a pizza after his wife went to bed. And he asked the driver to turn off his lights as he rolled up and he sat outside so he didn't have to ring the doorbell. Oh my God. That's fat. That's fucking awesome. I'm proud of him for that one though. That's great. And he's pretty lean too. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's cool. Yeah. I don't... Would he be in like in that much trouble with his wife if he ate pizza? That's the real question. I don't know. They're both in the military. So yeah, probably would have. You're weak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What are you doing? Drop and give me 20. Yeah. I was going to make an all egg yolk omelet last night those are fucking good but i just i live too close to in and out so i just went and got two flying dutchman have you ever had an egg yolk omelet no but i've had like multiple eggs with extra yolk omelet and that's really good gotta go all but i'm gonna go all in yeah you got it's it's a fast it's a fast way into ketosis is to just eat pretty much fat Mm -hmm. you know they say to like do like 90 percent um and you're going to get like proteins that's going to be in stuff anyway. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, egg yolk, omelets, uh, MCT oil, butter, um, boner broth, mm-hmm. the way I make it because it ends up having a lot of fat in it. But 
that's a that's a good fast track into uh into keto oh so dj said uh they were both dieting at the same time so that's why he had to sneak it in there you have to throw it out and everything i mean what happened <laughs> he had to get rid of all the evidence so he had to eat the whole thing probably yeah savage my god that's pretty amazing yeah i love that guy so i had a question came in the other day about like a bad workout you know somebody's like what do you do uh when you have a bad workout so um first of all i think it's good to recognize that you might just need to change you might need to try to do something different so you might need to just train differently for a little while you might need to Maybe, maybe you love powerlifting or maybe you love bodybuilding and you've been doing it for a long time. Maybe it's time to switch over to something else. Maybe it's time to try CrossFit or it's time to try yoga or it's try to, time to try running or sprinting mm-hmm. or throwing around med balls and doing strongman stuff or, you know, why not just try, just, just try some different shit. You know, maybe you see something that like uh, real world tactical does and you're like, fuck, that's cool. Like I want to try box jumps and tire mm-hmm. flips and maybe you want to get into like doing some you know, different things. That would be the time to, to think about that. Now, if you have a bad workout and you're getting ready for a meet, then it gets to be, it gets to be tougher, but a good way to recover from it is there's a, there's one way to get a PR every single time you step foot in the gym and that is to just do something that you've never done before. So you can, let's say you're struggling with your bench. Your bench is fucked. You don't know what happened. You were strong three weeks ago and then all of a sudden it just started to take a dump on you right Mm -hmm. a lot of times it's because you're overtrained and something hurts um and so if that's the case then you'll have to take a different route than this but a really easy solution would be come in for the day and try something you haven't done before maybe try like a a six rep max or seven rep like who's who knows what their seven rep max is on bench Mm -hmm. right or who knows what their seven rep max is on bench with chains or you know so do something a little bit different that's a little just uh it could still be a single um but maybe you've never used chains maybe you've never benched with a slingshot maybe you've never tried a floor press you could try some different things out that you haven't done before and it'll still be a pr no matter how you slice it because you don't have any previous record of it mm-hmm. um it could just be something you saw somebody else do you know uh chad wesley smith is a fan of long pauses so you do a four second pause, hold the weight on your chest. You have to understand going into it, you're going to lift a lot less than you've lifted before. So you don't want to be demoralized. But man- managing your expectations is going to be kind of where all this starts and being realistic. So a bad workout would mean <clears throat> that you have the wrong attitude about or you have the wrong idea of where you actually are, right? Because that's where it would come from because it, what, what is it bad? Why is it a bad workout? What's it bad in it has to be bad in comparison to something that was good, right? Right. And that something that was good may, may not be as true as you thought it was, which is fine. But you have to stop yourself for a second. You got to understand that. You got to think, you know what? Maybe I wasn't on track to bench 315. Maybe, maybe I'm still in the 300 range. Maybe I need to, you know, it's still going to happen. It's mm-hmm. still inevitable. I'll still make the weight at some point, but I need to go back. I need to work on other things. Um, if you have a reoccurring injury that keeps flaring up, you're going to have to figure out a way to address it. Otherwise it's going to pop up every single time that you go to do a big lift, take it from somebody that's torn their pec three times. You're going to have to find something, some way to address these things. So if you have a bad workout, come back in the gym the next time and, uh, try something that you haven't really done before. Um, if you're having a string of bad workouts, then it's time to, try a different gym it's time to um it's time to you know no one ever wants to take any time off but maybe it's time to take some time off like Mm -hmm. what if you were just to you don't have to not engage in any fitness but what if you're like no i'm getting out of the gym for a week and i'm gonna fucking go on walks and ride my motorcycle and just i don't know just different like hunt or whatever the fuck it is that you're into try try some different things um and and when you come back you'll be stronger you'll be better i think every single powerlift that's out there would be stronger if they didn't powerlift <laughs> i mean it's that simple you're powerlifting all the time then that's that's what you're going to know mm-hmm. when you're on your computer all the time and you do graphic design you're going to be a fucking nerd right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that's you, you need to get you need to get out of what it is you're doing to really see mm-hmm. uh you know 
what else is going on and to be able to improve and be able to step forward. The creativity is not going to come from you doing the same thing every time. Right. The creativity is going to be from you rubbing elbows with somebody else. Maybe, maybe just go lift with somebody different. You know, maybe go lift with a bodybuilder or strongman guy. We all end up admiring the fuck out of each other. We all end up, you know, if you're a strength athlete of any kind, we all admire other strength athletes. So go train with somebody different for a little while. Um, you know, there used to be seven degrees of separation and it used to be really hard to try to find people and to try to get to people. But now there's only one. It's called the internet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's called sliding into the DM and we're making special pants for people to slide into DMs quicker and mm -hmm. safer. Yeah. Sliding pants. <laughs> yeah. Sliding DM <laughs> pants. Jessica Smith's going to be our test subject. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think uh, what you said about like, you know, having the right expectation, like, you know, like me trying to bench 200 and then getting upset that I couldn't do it. Yeah. You get up off the bench, you throw your wrist wraps down. Fuck. Yeah. Everybody else is looking at you like, that's the most irrational thing I've ever seen in my life. You're not ready to bench 200. Yeah. Which is fun, which is, it sucks, right? Because you want to bench it, you want to mm -hmm. lift it, but it's just not, it's just not where you're at. Yeah. I think people just need to be a little bit more honest with themselves. Like uh, Matt Brown, who's in here, mm -hmm. UFC fighter. I can't, I can't get mad and fight him. Like it's not gonna, <laughs> right. I can't be like, fuck Matt Brown. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to knock him out this time. And get kicked in the head every single time and get destroyed. Mm -hmm. Even if I trained a little bit, it would take a, a I need to be more realistic. I mean, mm -hmm. I need to think, okay, I can't beat Matt Brown right now, but maybe if I worked on some stuff and maybe if I took a route that other fighters took and started to practice and started to train and started to box and started to do jujitsu and started to learn a lot of the things that he learned, I still probably won't be able to kick his ass, but maybe over a period of time, I'll, I'll have at least a better shot, yeah. have a better chance. So managing those expectations are huge. I think that you, um, you know, a lot of people will have goals, but they don't necessarily ever write them down. I think people are kind of scared to write them down. They're kind of like, they, they, they don't want them. They don't want that kind of pressure on themselves. Mm -hmm. But if you write them down, then you can think about, okay, what are two or three things that are going to get me there? If I want to squat 400 pounds, what, what's, if you want to squat 400 pounds and five times a week, you're not getting enough sleep, then what's the answer to you wanting to squat 500 pounds? You know, like, do you really want to squat 500 pounds? It doesn't mm -hmm. sound like it, right? Mm -hmm. It just starts to make sense when you just write shit down. So if you write it down and you think, okay, well, nutrition is going to have to be pretty good. We already know from years and years of people powerlifting that your nutrition doesn't have to be a hundred percent, but being 70, 80, 90%, the higher the percentage, the more likelihood of you reaching your goals probably would be. So you want to try to keep, you want to try to do the best you can with it. But we know that you have room for ice cream and stuff because that's powerlifting. That's what makes it fun is we have mm -hmm. room, we have room to eat some stuff. We have some freedom because we can have more calories than like a bodybuilder. Yeah. And uh, in regards, because you were just saying, like, you know, even uh, Jay Cutler was saying, when you go on a diet, you're going to lose muscle and whatnot. So someone on the uh, the chat box, they were saying that they, they've dropped 40 pounds. Oh, my God. Um, and they, they definitely, they've noticed that they lost some strength. But having that same mindset uh, or same expectation, like, yeah, I'm dropping weight. I'm going to lose a little bit of strength. But, like, knowing that going in is very important. Yeah. What's you know? your, yeah. And it's okay because you're, you're getting to one goal, right? You're yeah. getting to, and there has to be like a main goal. And, um, you, you will lose strength when you lose weight. Now, if you lose, if you lose eight pounds, then you're probably, then you're probably okay. Mm -hmm. If you lose 20 pounds and you lose 20 pounds over like a long period of time, you'll probably be okay. Mm -hmm. If you lost 20 pounds in, in six months, that's enough time for your training to catch up to where your current body weight is to where the, you may not have lost any weight. Mm. Um, and also if you lose weight slowly, a lot of times you can keep on more muscle mass. This is the reason why, uh, drug tested bodybuilders, um, this is why they take so long to diet. You know, they'll, they'll take their diets will be really long. Mm -hmm. Um, but they're a little cyclical too. They'll go up, they'll go in and out of them, you know, a little bit, but they'll diet for like 40 weeks, which sounds insane. You yeah. know, in SEMA, I think. I think in SEMA, like, took, like, a year. He doesn't count. I know. He's a mutant. Yeah. But it's not, it's not, um, 
it's not, it's not 40 weeks or 36 weeks of low calories. It's 36 weeks of stuff that makes sense to get you to your goal. So the calories will lower for a little while and then maybe they'll come back up and then maybe there's cardio, Mm -hmm. you know, and things will move around and they'll keep shifting around, uh, until the athlete gets everything just right. But the, the natural bodybuilders or drug tested bodybuilders, they'll take longer. So they lose less muscle. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas, uh, the bigger guys who take stuff, they can, they can do their diet a little bit faster and they can retain, still retain a lot of their muscle. So you are going to lose some, uh, some fanboy, Steven Granzella. Oh my God. Is asking who is your fattest employee? (laughs) Fattest employee. Um, Hmm. I think the fattest employee would have to go to the manatee, <laughs> right? <laughs> Filipino Thunder, Marcus, right? So he's like, I think it's Emilio. No, Marcus. Maybe both. Yeah. <laughs> Emilio has a fat mindset, but he's in good shape. <laughs> um, when, it, when it comes to the manatee. Re- reaching goals, uh, do you think it's safe to put a date on it also? Um. Yeah, but it has to be, it has to be realistic. You know, mm-hmm. it has to make sense. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to, I got some goals for this year. I got them written down. There's a top secret, but I do have a goal. I, I want to bench 500 pounds again, but, um, I'm not going to put it, I'm not going to put an exact date on it because, uh, I'm not in any rush to do it. Right. So it's mm-hmm. like, I don't. I don't want to put that kind of extra stress on myself. As I get closer to it, I'll put a date on it. But for now, mm-hmm. it's not realistic for me to say I'm going to definitely do it by the end of the year because mm-hmm. I'm also going to at some point be under 220 pounds for a little while. I don't know what that'll look like. I don't know what my strength will look like. You know, right now my strength is not near uh, where it would ha- my conditioning and strength aren't near where they need to be to do that kind of weight. Mm-hmm. And I'd have to line, as I talked about, you write it down. It's not the goal. The goal doesn't matter. Um, writing the goal down, you know, it, it can be effective, but then you need to write down what you're, how, what are you going to do to get there? Mm-hmm. You know, if I gave you a map and said, uh, um, I gave you a map and I said, super training gym is at uh, 855 Riverside Boulevard, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Give you a map. I give you the address. It's at 855 Riverside Boulevard. You're looking at the map. You got the sheet of paper, like 855 Riverside Boulevard, right? And you look around, you get out of your car, you're looking at the building, you're like, that doesn't say super training on it. Hmm. You go around in the back, you're like, oh, this, I don't, this does not, not look like, I've seen videos before. Mm-hmm. This doesn't look like anything they're talking about. And you, you, then you check your map again, you keep looking and you're getting frustrated. You're like, what the fuck? Right. But it's not, it's not Riverside Boulevard. It's Riverside Parkway. Mm-hmm. You don't have the right information to get you to the right place. So you need to start to stack up the right information to get you heading in the right direction. People always ask me about why I wake up so early. And my answer to that is, well, you'd fucking wake up early too, if you were heading where I'm heading. If you were going to places I'm going, and if you're going to meet the people that I'm about to meet, then you would fucking wake up at 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. with a heart on as well. <laughs> because I, I have a map. I got a plan of where, of where, where I'm. Yeah. It's, yeah. That, that happens. That can happen here and there. You got to be careful. Morning wood. Morning wood. That's a, that's a thing. Can I get an amen? <laughs> uh, what about telling somebody your goals? Yeah, that can be effective too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, telling people about what you want to do can uh, make you more accountable, mm-hmm. right? I mean, so you tell you tell people, you know, this is what I want to do, and not only do you tell them about your goal, but you tell them how they can be involved. Because you'd be surprised, people. Everybody always thinks that everyone's going to be super negative, and everybody always thinks that everybody's going to be a dick. Um, when Matt Brown was on the show, he, he thought that if he told his parents how deep he was into drugs, that the result would have been really bad. But like, there are some really, really awful parents out there. There's some people that are fucking hideous people and they should never have any, they should never have kids. But if you were to go to a parent and you said, I am like, I think I'm going to die from this. The drugs have taken over. 
I don't know what to do. I don't have anybody else to turn to. I only have you guys and I need your help. I would say that 99.9% of the time you would get some help, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that we have it made up in our mind about what our friend's going to say when, you know, if you're, if you're a power lifter and you tell your friend, Hey, I want, you know, I just, I don't feel, I don't feel good, man. I want to lose 20 pounds. I'm going to lose 30 pounds. I want to feel better about the way that I look. I want to look like I lift. I don't want to be roly poly. You're going to worry as a guy, you're going to worry that your friends gonna be like, dude, you're a pussy. Mm -hmm. Come on, man. What are you going to do? Fucking CrossFit. Mm -hmm. Now your friends might say that, but if you, and they might say it at first, but if you went to them in a serious way and said, Hey, you know what? I could use your help losing weight. And here's how you can help me. Like, Hey, you know, we go eat all the time. We go eat pizza. Like, man, I, can we, can we try to go places that have a better option? Can we do things that are, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, even just, uh, when we work out together, can we go at a faster pace? Cause I want to really make some changes. Of course it's your buddy. So he's going to give you a bunch of shit, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's inevitable, but that person will help you. I guarantee you that they'll help you. If you got to tell them about what it is that you're doing and you got to explain to them how they can assist you. Yeah. Especially if you just get started doing it without even them saying yes or no or whatever, you know, they, you start doing it then they see it and then, you know, whatever it could turn into a competition or, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, and then, and then if they see that you're serious about it, they might say, fuck man, I've actually been thinking of the same thing too. Yeah. And you're competing with each other back and forth and that can, uh, create some friendly competition that moves yeah. you forward, moves you in the right direction. Then you both get jacked and then you get a condo together, move in, things get weird, don't tell anybody. <laughs> Smokey and I are actually looking at a place in Dixon. Dude. I know. That's good for you too. I know. <laughs> I'm so happy. Yeah, we need, yeah, we need that. I don't you, know. We just, yesterday, you know, yesterday was great. Went to yeah. Kuyu together and you got all upset. Yeah. Been out of shape, but yeah, I was yeah. I was like, how the fuck are you gonna go without me? I heard you broke one of the computer screens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I got a little upset, but I'll survive. Yeah. What was really upsetting was I went. I wanted to go shoot the bow because I finally got Casey's bow to like like I can pull that fucker back really easy now. Nice. And it broke. Oh, I didn't break it. Son of a bitch. But it's out of commission now. And so I didn't have any way of getting any type of aggression out. Damn. I know there's a, you know, a nice gym right 10 feet away from me, but you know, I, um, we yeah. need it. We need a new bow. Yeah. What happened? I don't know. I, he doesn't know exactly what happened. Dude. He just wants a free bow. That's all it is. <laughs> I can tell you what happened later. Oh man. Damn. You guys can't be reckless out there. Yeah. So that that's just, what's going to happen is it's going to be locked up once it gets fixed. Do you think that uh, footage of Aisha Haley throwing the axe was rigged? Because like she did on the mm -hmm. first try, you know, she just chucked it well, and it just landed there. After seeing her throw the uh, cornhole and like her stance, like I had to help her out. Like you got to step into it. But with the knives, this first shot, I think she even had her eyes closed. Cornhole was she trying to throw it with the right hand with the right foot forward instead of left foot forward? So it was right hand. Yeah, so it was it a was, lot of it was girls. Off. A lot of girls do that. But she know. was standing uh, flat footed, and then just I, like throwing. I think girls want help. You know, they like they do it wrong on purpose. Oh, remember Bobby would do that all the time. Like, Bobby, <laughs> you've been training here for fucking ten years. Yeah. I'm not sure how to use the chains. <laughs> Come on. She just you, wanted help loading yeah. it. You're so cute. Now I, ha I just, I have to help you. Fuck. <laughs> but you know how to use, you got to know how to use the chains, right? Come mm -hmm. on. Why do they do that to us, Andrew? I don't know, man. It's not very nice. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> what else you got, Mark? Well, that was uh, some of my advice on how to fix up your, uh, your bad workout. You know, mm -hmm. I think we nailed it all. I think everything's good. I have a bunch of other shit here, but we can save it for uh, another another day. I think we nailed all the stuff on the X sleeves. They come out June 11th mm -hmm. at 12 o'clock. Jessica Smith is the one who sets all that up. So she got that all arranged. And uh, if you have any complaints, you're going to make sure that you hit her up on Instagram mm -hmm. and send her your complaints. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Not really. Do it. But yeah, I think we, uh, I think we hit everything up and, um, yeah, that's it. Motherfuckers. Oh, <laughs> well I, I did, uh, have one thing to add. It's just a quick, uh, 
quick note on a quote that I heard. And um, hold on a second, everybody. Here we go. Um, so we did talk a little bit about like trying to manage your time to get towards your goals, but we didn't talk about it a ton. But, you know, you, you need to realize that a reasonable time is enough time to reach your goals. And so sometimes when you start something, start something new sometimes you have to put a lot of time and effort into it but sometimes it can also not even sometimes almost every single time it can end up being detrimental if you want to start a business let's say that you want to own your own business uh well at first you own it and then eventually it owns you so you have to make you have to be careful um and that that goes for every employee that works here too like you know, Jessica gets hammered because she does a lot of the social media stuff. You get crushed. Everyone here works their ass off. We, we all have to be conscious because we want to be able to do it for a long time. Mm -hmm. And the same thing goes with your lifting. If we lift so much every single day, we're not going to be able to recover from those workouts. If we work so hard every day, we're not going to be able to recover from our work. Uh, if you're trying to make money and you're trying to do this and you're trying to, you're trying to do all these things, you're going to stress yourself the fuck out to the point where you can't even enjoy some of those things. You can't even enjoy, enjoy some of the success that you had because you're always worried and you're always thinking about the next thing. And you want to make sure that the things that you're doing don't end up uh, owning you. There's a reasonable amount of time that you should be able to devote to things. And if you can't get there in that time, it may take, it may take a few extra weeks. It may take a few extra months, but it's, it's important to know that it's still always going to be there. The weights are still going to be there. You don't have to bench 315 in the month of June. You can bench 315 in August or at the or in September, October or at the end of the year, right? And the likelihood of you doing it later rather than sooner probably means that you're going to be able to do everything for much longer anyway in the first place because you got there in a more rational in a more serious way. And I think for myself, for my own personal development over the years, I think trying to be rational and trying to make sense of things has been the number one thing that has helped me the most. Um, and that goes for everything that you do. Don't do anything without thinking about it. You might really like pre-workout drinks. You might really like monster energy drinks. You might really like caffeine. But can you have a, a quick conversation with yourself and say, Am I doing that too much? Like, am I, am I doing that so much that I'm having trouble resting or calming down? And maybe it's time to back off of that a little bit. Are you in the gym so much? Are you training so much that you don't have time to do a lot of the other things? The getting in and out of places quickly is important. You got to be able to stick and move. Remember Muhammad Ali would say, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Mm -hmm. That's what you want to be doing with life is you want to be moving in and out of stuff quickly so that you can recover from it. You want to do it. You want to do the activity, get the stimulus that you need from it, and then get away from it and, and work on recovering from it. I remember, you know, some of the hardest workouts I've ever had at super training. I remember the immediate thought was once I got done with a few exercises, I was like, I need to fucking get home right now because I have to. I can't be around anybody. I can't have any loud music. I can't have any distractions. I need to sit there. I need to fucking eat. And I need to just totally zone out. And that's what I would do. I would, I would start to look at the clock and I'm like, okay, fuck. It's okay. It's six 30. I'll be home at seven. I can eat at seven and then I can fucking chill, watch TV. And then I can eat at nine and then I can be in bed. I can get the rest that I need. So if you're not going to recover from stuff, it's going to be really hard to be successful. Remember what I said earlier about success. The only way to be successful is to have progress. Progress equals success. That's why people get so excited when somebody, when somebody squats 800 pounds. It's cool, but where did that person come from? Was that always just a big football player guy? And when he, you know, after he trained for a little bit, he squatted 600 pounds and he got to 800 pretty quickly? That's cool. That's some progress, right? But how much more excited do people get when somebody who was 350 pounds lo loses 100 pounds, right? Because the, the contrast is so drastic. That person's been heavy their whole life. That's been something that they fought against their whole life. The football player that went from squatting 600 to 800, that's already like in his wheelhouse. It's already stuff that he already does. And so he did make really good progress, 
But his progress wasn't so far that he made this crazy drastic change, right? Mm-hmm. If the football player went and he did like, uh, like you see sometimes, some of these guys do like dancing, dancing with the stars, yeah. right? Yeah. You do something so drastically different and then you win that, that's when people really start to freak out because they're like, holy shit, this guy's really well well balanced. He's able to mm-hmm. do a lot of different things. He's able to make progress in a lot of different areas of life rather than just that one thing. Yep. Boom. That's it. I think that's it. Sounds good. Strength is never a weakness. Weakness is never a strength. Bye.